baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. So they're going after the rights of landlords, property owners who work hard, take all the financial risk, invest in buildings so they can rent units, rent units to people who might or might not respect the property, who might or might not respect their obligation to pay their rent at great personal financial cost to the landlords. But the trouble is Democrats have messed, big government, even even more accurately, has messed up the ability of uh, people to afford things because big government has driven up the cost of living dramatically. We all know this. Why would you say to your fellow citizen who's worked so hard to be able to provide that apartment that uh, none of it's good enough for you? They, they can't charge what they need to charge. You need to be protected from them, you think. But it's government that caused the rent to need to be raised because big government costs a lot of money and they drive up inflation and they put you in the situation where you're dealing with the rent going up by uh, 20 or 30 percent. Not a good situation, but that's what happens when you want government stealing so much money in order to give it away to buy you things. That causes inflation, too. 860-522-9842. It's really, it's, it's terrible that these principles need to be talked about because somebody said that earlier. Everyone should know. Government makes everything worse. All these problems are government caused. Rant line number 860-751-4698. We'll do the rants in an hour right now. Let's check in with Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. How are those roads, sir? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, well, well. Nice of you to be here. It does. Uh, we, we do live in wild times. We do. And we can talk about those wild times and what created them and what will uncreate them and what what will the future hold what are your thoughts on all this it's all welcome here 860-522-9842 so the left is now pushing rent control rent control is just a disaster it is a disaster but keep in mind what they're looking for is not good policy they're looking for policy that is a political protection for them and they're politically protected if they run around talking about how people who have more than you are bad people and how you need to take their money away. And this is the underlying principle of what big government does. That's just what big government does. It can't afford to be big and still 
win elections because big government is does not make good results. So what big government does with its bad results is it runs out there and offers you crumbs, a token of its appreciation for you. So it can tell you how much it loves you and gives you a gift. It says, okay, we're going to pass a law saying people who slaved to uh, earn enough money, put away money for years so they could buy a building that had a couple of units, a couple of rental units, a few rental units, whatever it is, and they built up and built up, and now they got six of those things, and, you know, they're making a good living, and now they're an evil rich person, even though they're just a regular Joe who worked hard and, and uh, did well and got lucky once or twice. So the the big government crowd has to demonize them because they have more than you, and you say, okay, that's good. They're evil rich people. This is why, too, Democrats demonize the rich. They want you to not see who the real rich people are, who the real elites are, who the real big rollers are, who make it possible for us to suffer through things like inflation, and that is the government crowd. Government crowd creates the problems, and then it blames them on regular folk, like the people who own apartments. But when you take that money away from people who own apartments, what's going to happen? They're going to have less to spend on new apartments. They're going to have less to spend on renovations. So you get madder. And you go running back to your government, and you say, well, look at this. Look how bad, and they then they can really convince you that those people who offer you the apartment, that they're the evil ones. But government doesn't offer you jobs, and it doesn't offer you apartments, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't get these things. Story in the current. When the ownership of Victoria Ramos's apartment changed last year, the rent swelled from 625 to $850 dollars. But the reportedly squalid conditions remained the same. With rats and cockroaches crawling the complex, used condoms laying in the hallways, and shadowy activities ensuing each night, Ramos said raising her nine-year-old son in such an environment worries her. But Ramos also worries about what would happen if the landlord forced them to leave. So think about this horrible place supervised by the big government crowd in Hartford and the government of Hartford, right? They're the ones who approve these buildings. So they're the ones who say it, it is the government in Hartford that says, oh, that, that's good, yeah. Violence, condoms in the hallways, shadowy figures doing shadowy things, cockroaches crawling the complex. Your big government in Hartford says that's fine. Yeah, they can... They don't have to meet our health codes. They don't have to provide a safe environment. And then the rent goes up because government drives up the cost of living. And the person who owns the building has to get more money to break even, just like you do at work. Rats and cockroaches crawling the complex. So Luke Bronin approves of rats and cockroaches who don't work in his government crawling around in your apartment building. He says that's fine, does nothing about it, but then runs around and says, oh, we've got to get rid of these rich people. And Governor Lamont does the same thing. 
And all of these big government polls, they don't care how you live. They just care about how to get your vote. So after they make you live in horrible circumstances, their answer is their answer is to throw you a bone. But they're the ones to blame. It's not the fault of the landlords. And you're only going to make things worse if you make the landlord, if you force the landlord to not charge what he deserves for the building. Any landlords? I'd love to hear from a landlord. 860 How do you survive this? How do you survive the idea that you get demonized? Any tough stories to share or ironic stories or funny stories about... Hey, hey Todd. You, yeah. My, uh, my sister, she owns a property in Plainville. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also set up with the uh, Section 8. Um, she's got Section 8 tenants? Section 8 tenants, correct. Mm-hmm. And the first set drove her crazy because they did a lot of damage. Um, and um, she had to end up paying a couple of grand to get it fixed. And she was very unhappy with that. But that's the chance you take when you take on a government contract well, that what pays happens you. If, do you know with a Section 8 what happens with security deposit? Um, I'm not. So I'm not even. Sh- I'm not to. even sure they have to put a security deposit down. Oh, they must. That would be terrible. So I'm gonna have to. I'll have to ask her about that. Yes, get um, some details on this. One. The second set of people that um moved in have been great for her though. So oh, and they've been there for like the last three years or so. Hallelujah for that. Yeah. And is she, do you know if she's raised rent? Uh, she has not raised her rent yet. She's uh still talking to um her husband about it. But I, I don't think she's going to do it because she got really good tenants, so mm. doesn't make sense. They I don't know, the keep the cost, money coming. But the cost of doing the maintenance and all that stuff. Correct. You got to put the money away for that, too. Yeah. Thank you mm. for sharing that, Roland. Appreciate no it. No problem. 860-522-9842. That's, that's scary stuff, isn't it? That's scary. So the rent, the um, the security deposits, those are vital. They're vital for the landlord. I know that it's hard when you're when you're young, especially, and you don't have you don't have any wealth. And the idea of coming up with a first month and a last month, you know, that's a lot of change. But that's a home. That's a building. That's an investment. That's years of hard work for the person who owns it. And we don't live in a culture, thanks to certain people I don't need to mention, that is respectful of, of what is created by hard work and the investments that people make and the risks that they take. It is not well respected anymore because it is put down, because they are demonized. They are demonized as being bad people. But landlords are just regular folk trying to uh they're trying to get by they're trying to find a way to survive and that's what they want so this legislation's out there for everyone to be mad about and it is something everybody should be mad about that that uh, they want to pass a law in the state capitol that would that would um, drive up the cost of 
owning homes by not allowing people to charge the rent that the market requires. The market has been twisted and contorted by the acts of government, and, and government needs a cover-up story. So they need to blame the the property owners like they're the bad people. But they're not bad people. They're just people trying to make ends meet. George and Vernon, what's on your mind, sir? Yes, uh, regarding the landlords and the uh, tenants, I've been a landlord for many, many years, and I've learned how to play the game. So what do you uh, rent? How many units do you have? I have one. And is that part of a home that you live in? No, it's not. It's a condo that I bought uh, actually when I first got married. And I've had it uh, since uh, 1989. Uh, From there, uh, my wife and I uh, bought a house, several houses after that, and we kept it rented out the whole time. So what uh, what are the things you've learned through the years? What I've learned now is that I've always done credit checks and I've always asked for people's uh, bank statements, W-2s of their their job. And what I do, what I've done, and my tenants have always stayed there. Each tenant, I would say, would probably stay there five, six years because I... uh, uh, did a thorough background check on everyone. Uh, and what I've done for the last two tenants is two months security deposit ahead of time plus one month's rent. Uh-huh. So just to walk into my condo to rent it out is like $5,000 I want up front. Uh, if they can't afford the 5000 then they can't afford the... Uh, the rent either yeah so that's how you that's how you make sure they're positioned well enough to be able to to sustain themselves exactly and and another thing going back to section eight okay uh a couple of tenants ago uh probably maybe 10 years uh, or so ago uh somebody applied who was under section eight and and you know what they told me Make your rent higher so the state can pay higher mm-hmm. and I can pay you less. I, I said, okay, fill out the application. I'll do the uh, background check on you and we'll go from there. Obviously, I didn't accept her. And, uh, yeah, because if, if, she's, uh, if she's looking to cheat the government, <laughs> why? Why would you trust her not to cheat you, George? Thank you for that. That's quite a story. Don East Hartford. Hello, Don. Hi, Don. Did I catch you snacking? Yes. I'm sorry to to get you in mid-bite. No, but listen, um, I hear you defending the landlords. I I agree that that, that sometimes the landlord gets screwed by tenants. But it's, it, it, it works both ways, Taz. You have unscrupulous landlords, too. Who, who's going to oh, rein them sure. in? Well, who's going to rein them in? The market will rein them in. Huh. No. You know, the, there are no guarantees in life, Don. If you want to give power to make your own decisions over to government, 
and say government can tell people what they can charge and we're not going to trust markets anymore, then you have to deal with the disasters that come in its wake. And by the way, the disasters that come are these rat-infested uh, apartments that, that they like to tell stories about, like that's the fault of bad landlords. That's the result of a regulatory scheme run by the government. There shouldn't be any rat-infested apartments. They should not exist because those are those are strictly controlled by the government. It's just like how the government controls the electric company. Does that do us any good? No. I didn't know the government controlled electricity. All of I the utility private company. They're semi-private. They're the most regulated companies and there's a government agency called Pura which all, all of its board members are controlled by the governor. And those board members tell the company what it's allowed to do in terms of what it can charge and rate increases and stuff like that. Everywhere there's government, you find the disaster. And what they do is they say, oh, we'll protect you. But what's the protection, Don, if the apartment you're living in, you're renting an apartment, and they're squeezing the person who owns it so they won't be able to afford to do improvements? And, and by the way, they won't invest anymore in new units. Who's going to build units in a place where... The government tells you what you can charge for rent. That still them. That still doesn't give them the right to rip off the tenants. Well, I didn't say it gave them any rights. I'm telling you, the effect on the tenants is they're getting ripped off by the policy the government is making, because they're going the cost of those apartments is going to get driven up by the fact that the people who own the buildings won't have enough money to invest in improvements and to invest in expansion. No. It's supply and demand, and it's because of supply and demand. No. What happens to supply and demand when politicians say you can't charge what you need? That means the supply shrinks, and it's frozen in place instead of being able to expand with the, um, with the expanding demand. So, so there is no supply and demand as a law of... of um, economics when the government is putting its foot on things done you've got to look at the whole supply demand scheme if there's not enough money to build new units there's not enough supply that drives up the cost come on think about it for a couple minutes while you chew on that apple please sir baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Tom Feinberg Podcast on the Odyssey app. Oh. Got a text from Rob Sampson. Explains how the security deposit works with Section 8. The government sends a, a letter guaranteeing the deposit, even though they don't have it. That doesn't sound so good. Tom's in Watertown. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing? So, so this whole thing really bothers the heck out of me. I, I am a landlord. I have a, I have a single family my family lives in, and I have a two-family that uh, also in the same town I live in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I still have another, I believe, 14, 15 years of mortgage payments on this home. <laughs> um, and there's and there's part of it that people don't understand, or people who don't own it maybe don't think about. I'm still paying the mortgage on this, and yeah. and and anything above and beyond that goes right back put, into it. Well, well, if for listen, you're not people don't even think about this. What happens when the furnace blows? Yep. The tenant doesn't fix that. Well, I no, you got to be that. saving for that stuff all the time, right? Exactly. That money that we make off of that above and beyond the mortgage has to go to a bank account and 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 sit there and and we pray that we don't have to spend it. Quite honestly, it, 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 so and and all that stuff goes up. Plumbing costs go up. Electrical costs go up. The to have anything service continues to go up, and. On top of it, living in the state of Connecticut, you know other expenses are going to go up because, as the as you said, we're vilified. We're the vilified rich people, which is couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's sickening, and to sit here and and you almost want to say, forget it. I don't even want to own this anymore. And yeah, that's exactly sad because I have two daughters that I would love to hand this to later on in life when it is paid off. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the part that absolutely kills me a roof a roof you put a roof on this house it's going to cost me 15 grand yep. put a furnace in there that's going to cost me 12 grand yeah and these are the things that that rent above and beyond the mortgage yes. has to has to pay for that's why you need profit they like to demonize profit like it's a bad thing that's what profit's for it provides that thank you tom for spelling it out for everybody 8605229842 it's ridiculous this stuff that they're doing Let's find out how the ride goes. Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, thank you, thank you for being here. Michelle, we'll talk to you, then we'll go to Joe Markley. Hey, Michelle. Hey, how are you? What's on your mind? Um, so I'm a property manager in Hartford for the last 10 years. I don't own the property, so I just manage them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the points that everybody is missing is that tenants are upset that rents are rising and nothing is being done to fix the apartments. That needs to be addressed completely separately with housing inspections and the cities actually enforcing the inspections and the codes. That doesn't happen mm-hmm. um, right now. So you're so saying you have, that the uh, that there are codes that require minimum standards for the apartments. This is government regulation, and that the government isn't doing their part of maintaining the regulatory scheme. Hundred um, percent. There was big talk in Hartford how Hartford did not have enough city inspectors to keep up with the the workload. So I believe they just hired three or four. But you know that's after years worth of inspections not being done. So who's holding these slumlords accountable? No one. That's the bigger problem that needs to be addressed, not penalizing all of the landlords who actually care about the properties and maintain them. And maybe they weren't able to collect rent through COVID. So now they've got, you know, a year's worth of rent that they lost out on that they're trying to recoup. You know, it's it's not those guys that that need to be, or those guys that are creating the problem. It's the slumlords. So address the slumlords and leave yes. the good guys out of it. Yes, well, they're, they're, it seems to me they're blame shifting away from government onto yes. the people who are the ones who provide the housing, even if it's bad housing. They're the ones who provide it. 
And that's the only Correct. place it comes from is people who are investing in it and building up a business and able to hire people like you, Michelle. And everyone needs to be held accountable. And right now the, the slumlords aren't being held accountable. So it's just like everything else you know, that seems to happen in our state. The good guys are feeling the pressure when it's not them creating the problem. It's the other ones. Great call, Michelle. Appreciate it. Joe Markley joins us now. He's here every week, except uh, on the frequent weeks when he's vacationing on a beautiful island somewhere, a resort. <laughs> With scarlets, Todd. Uh, <laughs> With scarlets. Yes, and that beautiful tan of yours. <laughs> hey, you know, as always, when I'm listening to the show before I go on, I get carried away by the conversation that's going on. And Good. The, the call you just had was perfect because it, it points to a, a big problem in government, which is politicians see a problem and they say, we need to pass a new law because that way I can go back and say, look what I did to fix the problem. When frequently the law has already been passed that needs to be enforced, but it's not being enforced. Instead of enforcing the existing laws, we just keep adding new laws to it. And I think about when I think about this, I think about gun control. Um, this shooting out in Michigan, um, the fellow that did the shooting twice before had had firearms um, arrests that should have put him in prison, should have certainly should have made it um, impossible for him to legally purchase a gun. And in both cases, um, in one case, they didn't prosecute it at all. And in the other case, they dropped it to a misdemeanor. And yet the response is we need tougher gun laws. And tougher gun laws mean let's do something that sticks it to every legal gun owner instead of saying let's go after people that commit crimes with guns or that illegally possess and handle guns. CCDL here in Connecticut, they're never up at the Capitol saying uh, let's reduce the sentencing for people that commit crimes for firearms. Mm -hmm. All they're concerned about is don't come after us legal firearms owners that are minding our own business. And So and the, the it, problem is that, that Democrats want to be able to let people out of prison based on, that's right. based on race or identity politics or just because they want to be able to say they've reduced the size of government. But they're doing it to pander to a particular group of voters who they see as vulnerable to those panders. Those panders create bad results, so they run and say we need more laws. And the laws that they want aren't meaningful laws, or they already exist and they're not being upheld because these guys don't run anything except into the ground. That's exactly right. And the, and you know and, and they're screaming about a housing crisis. At the same time, they're uh, they're sticking it to landlords. So who's supposed to provide the housing? Well, of course, in their world, it's going to be the government in the end. So what, what do we need to? Uh, why do we need landlords and private businesses? Um, providing housing when the government could step in. And, of why course, when the, you find out about that... The but why would the government ever do it? They, then, they, then they would be exposing themselves for the bad managers that they are. This is a perfect scenario. They let private investors take all the risk, do all the hard work. Then they make it impossible for them to succeed by not doing their part of it, the government crowd. And then the government crowd can come in and pass new laws. It's <laughs> it's maddening, as my friend Tom Scott likes to say. And, and you know, it, sometimes if you want to talk about the, the bad job the government does at providing housing, 
Len Susio has looked into this and continues to look oh, into yeah. the incredible cost. We've of, talked with um, Leonardo about yeah. how much it costs to create a union of unaffordable housing. And the government exactly. is expert at doing that. Right, let's talk a little national politics, Joe Mark. Yes. Hey, I saw. So it, it, there's a lot of things going on about these potential presidential candidates or actual presidential candidates that I think is kind of interesting. I don't know. If, did you see the video that Trump did about Ukraine? Uh, I didn't know. He just did it. I think it was just yesterday. And um, I am here's I'm I'm often with Trump, not all the time. And what bothers me about Trump is I feel like he's erratic. I don't think he's based in principle. I think he's based in instinct. And sometimes mm-hmm. instincts are very good. And on foreign policy, I think his instinct is let's stay out of the line of fire, which I'm very much agree with. And I think that I, I'm more and more convinced that this uh, Ukrainian adventure is a disaster. And. I'm also scared about the fact that I feel like Amer- the American public is kind of they're they're falling for it attention, again. Yeah, and their attention has moved away from it. Trump was very clear about um, about what a mistake it is, and he said, "If I'm president, that war will be over in 24 hours." And as hubristic as that sounds, I don't. I think it is a war that could be solved if there was a desire to make peace. It would be a matter of saying, "Let's be realistic about what we can expect from Russia," not. This attitude of, of, you know, we're going to get everything back, including Crimea. That's just never going to happen. Um, but what, when I watch the video, what kills me is this is the same guy that made John Bolton, uh, who, in my opinion, is one of the number one warmongers in the United States of America, his national security advisor. And it's for Trump fans, of which I don't consider myself one. I'm neither a fan nor a enemy necessarily but i say it's this incoherence and this inability to bring in a team of people that that shares his vision whatever it is that i think is one of the great weaknesses about trump and one of the reasons that i don't think he's the man to go back in that office even though i agree with him on an issue like ukraine the ukraine thing yesterday i was playing the um dwight eisenhower clip about the military industrial complex and and yeah. because because it's a fascinating piece of sound to listen to and most people never hear these things they just hear reference to them and it's iconic in terms of the place it holds in our culture but people don't know what's in it and it's really interesting how how fearful he and his brother were who, who worked on this thing with him his speechwriter was his brother and how fearful they were that the uh, the power, you know, General Eisenhower, who had been through the war and had argued for more spending on armaments and all was was president. And he was looking at how much power there was in the hands of the the military industrial complex, that that web of of companies that made fortunes off of uh, providing the armaments and and all the weaponry and such and and he was looking at it saying this is this threatens our ability to operate our own government the power that is being vested in the hands of these enterprises and we've got to do something about it watch it very carefully and i'm leaving on friday so good luck to you and (laughs) you know that's where we are i feel like with every aspect of the world and i was watching biden's given that speech yesterday from Poland and it just looked like the most transparent 
pander to try to convince everybody that something we have no business being involved in is absolutely the thing we're always going to do. We're always going to be there for Ukraine. Why do we give Ukraine money to pay for social services? I don't get it. And and what's it's all I'm, I'm doubly suspicious when the entire political mainstream of both parties is on board with something. I saw this in Connecticut. Um, it, it was the stuff. It was the moments where everyone's wrapping themselves in bipartisanship that you really had to watch out for what was going on. Yes, that's when, you know, and, there's real bad smells emanating. Yes, yes. And and I don't know why the Republicans, I, and I think that the Republican base is much more cautious on this stuff than the Republican leadership is. And it, Kevin McCarthy has at least created a little bit of distance between himself and, um, and, and Biden on the blank check to Ukraine. Ron DeSantis has, too. But... Uh, Mitch McConnell is right down the line with them, and the the majority of the presidential candidates, are, you know, Pompeo and Nikki Haley and 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 Bolton himself, who's talking about running is ridiculously enough, are are super um, committed to Ukraine. And one of the things you'd say is this: this is the policy of Joe Biden, who is just incompetent and wrong about everything. Except all of a sudden, this matter of war and peace, you think Biden's on the right track, and Biden and his whole Obama era national security team are, are on the right track. You ought to be a little more suspicious about it than that. But but aren't all of them. So if you're positioning yourself as a presidential candidate and the military machinery has so much money to invest in campaigns, wouldn't you feel the need or wouldn't you actually, if you wanted to be a viable candidate, view yourself as compelled to sell out on Ukraine and go along with the scam? Well, I, I, I am I am hopeful that DeSantis is not doing it, and I can understand that he may not be in a position to say this is all a big mistake and let's cut our ties to it. But I think he's at least uh, keeping his options open a little bit. And as governor of Florida, he's probably in a position to do the fundraising, um, even if he does uh, burn up some people that are on the inside. You know, it's interesting. Dwight Eisenhower is hardly it's, it's the one thing that guy had going for him was kind of moderation and the ability to work yes. with everybody and for him of all people to have come out at the end of his presidency and say listen i want to warn you about one thing watch out for the military industrial complex we should take that very seriously we have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions i thought that statement right there he was shocked at how vast the proportions were. Our military yeah. organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime. Like, nobody's ever seen this before. He's, he's squealing from the White House. Or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. That, that's amazing. And, and now the whole of our country is military industrial complexes. Or and we we spend yeah. more in a month on the military than Russia spends in a year. We spend more on the military than the next 14 countries in the world after us put together. Right. And so if you think about how our politics works, you can see why political candidates feel the need to do a lot of rah-rah. And that's what I felt like Biden was doing. Biden is just trying to protect that flow of money from those special interests, don't you think? 
Well, he's who knows? I Biden is kind of a uh, is a is is basically a hologram or something. Uh, he's he's a he's he's somehow an empty vessel into which is pouring the wishes of those people who are managing to dominate him. Well, wait um, a sec. If if Joe Biden is a, is an empty vessel, then who is this? The United States has formally determined that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. How about that? Now now we got it from the mountaintop, Joe. Oh my goodness! It is. I I, I tremble for the republic when you when you uh, when you put that voice on top of it. Hey, this is this is of course the problem. I was going to talk more about presidential candidates, but um, what do the Democrats do if they I, they've got to be saying we really can't run Biden again in in insofar as we owe anything to our country, and also how are we going to put this guy up on a debate stage for ninety minutes? Look, how do we say no? He just needs the word look. He interrupts whatever's happening with look, including when he forgets what he's saying. Two words into it interrupts himself. Yes. (laughs) I love how he interrupts himself and redirects the conversation when he doesn't know what he was saying. Joe Markley, I wish we had time to do the presidential talk, but we don't. Next week. Yeah. Next week. Next week. All right. Thank you, sir. Mr. Joe Markley joins us every week because he's a kind man and he misses you. 860-522-9842. 860-522-9842. We've got the rants coming up at 860-751-4698. We've got Mark Christopher right now in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.